You are plugged into the Intelligence for Your Life podcast. I'm John Tesh with Gib Gerard. How are you today, Gib? Um, you know, I'm doing okay. Have you noticed, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to say I'm awesome, and then your brain hears that you said I'm awesome. If you say I'm okay, then you're going to be okay all day. Okay, here's the thing, man. I have I have three kids, and they've oh, all been sick for okay. like the last three months. Right. So I'm doing okay, and okay. that's pretty good for me right okay. now. All okay? Right. Okay. Um, I know this is going to start to sound like the Olympic stories, but I have cancer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So you win on that, but then, and that's another reason why I'm just okay today. Okay. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. But, I'll, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be healed. All right. So listen, have you noticed, folks at home, have you noticed that almost all computerized virtual assistants are female? Of course you have, right? So Absolutely. Apple's Siri, Amazon's Alexa, who, who makes an appearance at your house every day, mm-hmm. Microsoft's Cortana. I don't know anything about that. It's, it, you just named two things that are exactly like it. Oh, okay. They're all the same. Okay, so it, it, it's not by chance, Gib. It's by design. So li- listen to this, and you can impress your friends with this. According to Professor Carl McDorman from Indiana University, who specializes in human-computer interaction, we prefer a woman's voice. Yep. In studies, he played male and female computer voices to people of both genders and measured how the study subjects responded. Overwhelmingly... People preferred the female voice. It was thought to be warmer sounding, which is important when an inanimate object is speaking to you. Yep. Why do we prefer our tech to be female? Stanford communications professor Clifford Nass says, basically, we are less offended by a female voice because if you ask Siri or Alexa the best route to take to work and she tells you, it's perceived as more of a suggestion, say the experts. But if a male voice tells you which route to take, we perceive it as an authority figure telling us what to do and bossing us around. Unless you can get like those specialty voices, you know, we can get like Samuel L. Jackson to give you directions, then it's okay. Well, Waze now has uh, Keith Morrison from Dateline. Oh, you must just be over yeah, the it's moon. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I love just, that. Just I be careful. It. Just be careful that Keith Morrison doesn't suggest you're driving past a house and in that house something <laughs> horrible happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we so we like the female voice, and and we actually like female British voices. The people in the, North America. One of the first things I do yeah. when I get a new a new little app that talks to me is I switch to the British female voice. Yeah, because we think I, we you, you guys I know a lot of you guys in England are are, are listening, and it's uh, we just think you're smarter than us. We did for a while until we threw your tea, you know, in the in the, in the thing. There, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Hamilton too many times. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but the, absolutely, I do the British female voice thing. I like I for all of the reasons listed in this. I prefer to listen to uh, it's it's soft, it's soothing. Uh, I it's feel, a suggestion. It yeah. It's more Turn of a left up ahead. Okay. Now of course. Now here's the meat of this story. Okay, so what happens if you have an Alexa, but somebody in your house is also named Alexa, or your kid's friend Alexa comes over? The electronic uh, it can end up costing you money. By the way, the electronic assistant can always tell. If you're talking to, can't tell if you're talking to an actual human. And all you have to do is preface any request with the name Alexa. So you have an Alexa at your house. How do you uh, tell it to, to do something? Alexa, play, you know, uh, the Moana soundtrack. Okay. And as soon, you, as, soon as you say Alexa, it lights up. Right. Right. So, so that alerts it. We that had friends coming. over recently and, and the girl, it was a couple, the girl is Alexis. And uh-huh. she got really weirded out when I kept changing the music. <laughs> Alexa louder. She's like, what? No, I'm talking to the... A little cone in the corner. So the device comes to life and starts listening so it can follow your commands, whether you want to play music, get a traffic yeah. report, it's just what Gibbs said, control your thermostat. You can even order a Domino's pizza or, or, or Starbucks. Or something from if you're if you're logged into Amazon, you can order something, anything from Amazon. Well, that's how right? I got my right. leaf blower. Okay. It explains many recent cases where parents have asked their daughters named Alexa to say play a game or help cook dinner or grab a bottle of water from the kitchen. 
They inadvertently activated their device nearby, which happily ordered games, food, and bottled water from the internet. So it's oh. costing people lots of money. Oh, absolutely. So there's a couple of things you can do. One is you can change your kid's name to keep up with technology. <laughs> you're no sure, longer yeah. Alexa. Now you're, you know, whatever. Just come up with a different name. <laughs> but the other thing is, not to deflate this completely, but you can actually go into your settings and change change the command word for the Alexa. You can't do that for, I don't think you can oh. do that for OK Google or, or uh, Cortada or, or Hey Siri. Um, but you can do that for, oh, my, my phone just went off when I said Hey Siri. Um, that's funny uh, what you you can do with Alexa is you can ma- say echo which is what it's called you can say, you can use the word echo mm-hmm. which I'm sure will be really annoying if you have a friend who's named echo and a friend named Alexa I don't know what to do then but there you go <laughs> so um, yeah so you might want to log off of your Amazon account because this is a real thing and people are yeah. people are returning th- they have, they have, like, shoes are coming and all kinds well, I said, of things. Go get me my put blue it, tennis shoes and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, it, it's it's uh, it's adapting to artificial intelligence. We have to get used to the robots accidentally killing us too. Thanks. <laughs> You've been watching too much Westworld. Is what's going on there? So, in a moment, we're going to talk to you about um, why these uh, tough mutter races are 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 so popular right now. And one of our executive producers, Scotty Myers, is in these things uh, all, all the time. And why so many people are, uh, are it's, it's like a new dating uh, app. They're, they're so popular. But first, in order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. In order to find the great advertisers, we need to learn a little bit more about you if you can help us out. We love it if you would do this. So just go to podsurvey.com slash Tesh and take a quick anonymous survey. It'll help us get to know you a little bit better. That way we can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Well, and also we can know what you want. Right. You know, if you're not if you're not interested in, you know, online beef subscriptions, then we want to know that you're not interested in online beef subscriptions. <laughs> I personally Who wouldn't be, right? I'm personally very interested in online beef subscriptions, but I'm not you. All right, so it's podsurvey.com slash Tesh, and please go, go take that uh, survey. You'd make us very you happy. You can win a $100 Amazon gift card, by the way, which will offset some of the expenses that you accrued by accidentally talking to Alexa. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so let's talk about um, these obstacle races, right? So Tough Mudder and Spartan races, they're so popular, right, that they now have, this is crazy, double the participation of marathons and half marathons. I mean, if you've seen a New York City marathon, there's like 25,000 people in that Yeah, thing. but look, here's the thing. If you're going to do a marathon, you got to do the whole marathon. Right. If you get right. tired in the middle of the tough mudder, you just go around the obstacle. Yeah, you it's not turn. the Great Wall of China. You, you gotta, just walk around you it. you to turn off the tough, <laughs> tough mudder people. So listen, 4 million people competed in obstacle races versus just 2 million who com- completed traditional marathons and half marathons, according to a report from Running USA. And you and I both run several marathons. Yep. And uh, I can't I can't imagine this being so so popular. But Aaron Barasini is an optical race expert who wrote the book Off Course: Inside the Mad Muddy World of Obstacle Course Racing. She says, "Quote: Obstacle races are a great way for friends and couples to bond because you can help each other face challenges." And she says, "Guys, it can also be a great place to meet a woman." Sixty percent of tough mutterers are are women. I totally get that. I totally get it. First of all, again, once again, marathons are really hard on your joints. And while obstacle races are very, very hard, they are very difficult, and I am not diminishing that, there are all kinds of things you can do to get away from it. Like one, if I was to run with my wife, she would run a marathon a lot faster than I would, and so I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be something we could do together because she's, she's fast. Whereas with a Tough Mudder race, if let's say I do an obstacle faster than she does or she does an obstacle faster than me... I can wait for her at the end of the obstacle, or we right. can help each other through right. the obstacle. Right. There's nobody can help you on mile 18 of a marathon. Yeah, nobody yeah. can help you yeah. except unless they give you a car. That's the only <laughs> way to help somebody in a marathon. 
you guys can do things together in the Tough Mudder race, and it makes a lot of sense. What a great place to meet people. Hey, and, stop and talk. Yeah. Stop and talk. Yeah. Well, listen, our EP, uh, you know, Scotty Myers, uh, he sends us uh, uh, pictures, uh, texts us, and Instagrams us. Look where I am. I'm doing funny. City Field today. He, he listens to this podcast. Be very careful. And uh, and so, he, you know, it's, it almost looks like a cookout. I mean, I, I, he, listen, he's really strong, and he goes over he all those obstacles, and he just goes under the automatic gunfire and all the rest uh-huh. of that stuff, the electric charges and all that. Yeah. How many marathons is he? run zero oh, oh, okay I'll, I'll call him out i'll okay. tell you what scotty i'll do a i'll do a tough mutter with you if you do a marathon with me but so also how how would you if you were going to date i can see how because it's one obstacle after another and you can stop and it's not i don't even know if they're timing but um but in, in a marathon i can't imagine trying to asking somebody out to date on the marathon <laughs> would you like to go get gatorade with me in a few seconds that's the only thing you can ask there's Gatorade up ahead. Would you like to get some Gatorade with me? You'd never be able to talk like that no. at all. No, no you wouldn't. No, no, no. So if you're a Tough Mudder participant, please, uh, facebook.com slash John Tesh. Send us your photos. Uh, and Scotty is is single. So we're, we're, uh, we're trying to help him out um, as, as well. He's definitely going to meet you know, the, the next Mrs. Myers on a, uh, on a Tough Mudder race. I would like, listen, if I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a married guy, but that seems like a great, other than a bar, it seems like a great place to meet somebody. Phenomenal. You, you're both active and interested in outdoor stuff. You get, you know. You, you can see if they're fit or not. not yeah. It's not like you can wear, a, you know, Lululemon pants. Well, I'm sure that people do wear those pants, first of all. Secondly, um, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that they, somebody's wearing those. I mean, uh, listen, they're not covered up. You'd be able to see yeah, the arms I, and stuff. I, no, I totally... But you, you know that you're active. You know that that person's not dressed up and looking... It's not their best selves. You're getting, you're getting a fun version of them. You're getting the muddied version of them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. I love that. All right, so the, the Tough Mudder races, uh, they are bigger than marathons now, and I was completely shocked. Also... Because they're yeah. easier. It also, as we bounce around a little bit, Gib here, we uh, we also know that our population is aging. Just take a look at me. You know, there's lots of how many baby boomers like me are there? What is it? There's eight, dozens. Eight, eight, <laughs> there's eighty million, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, every day there's less of you. Yeah. Well, y- yes, right, because we're dying. Right. But also, there's not less of us because we're getting heavier. So oh. the population is aging. It's getting heavier. So and the guess- total weight of baby boomers is staying constant, but the total number of baby boomers <laughs> is going down. Like the, yeah, the just yeah. the net weight of yeah. baby boomers stays yeah. at like yeah, thirty yeah. seven hundred metric tons. Stop it! And you're going to be able to impress your t- your friends with this intelligence. I mean, you, you, listen, if you're on a first date, this is going to be this is going to be a piece that's going to get you date number ninety. Okay, crash test dummies are now having to be uh, redone. Right, re-engineered engineers at the say of course engineers at the University of Michigan are helping to develop crash dummies that look more like people who are packing on the pounds and getting up there in years. Right, and who have who have soft spots. Crash test dummies are made out of hard plastic, and the way that that manipulates with the with the safety harness is going to be different depending on your size. You're absolutely right. So one new dummy is obese, weighing more than 270 pounds or 100 pounds heavier than the standard dummies today. Yeah, how, how, why did it take them so long for this? No, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. To me, this is obvious. If we have, our, if our averages are moving, if our averages are moving older, our averages are are moving to heavier, then we need to make sure that our safety standards adapt. And another new crash test dummy, Gib, is based on an overweight seventy-year-old woman. It's because different body types are affected differently in a car crash. So obese drivers can do something called I didn't even know this was a thing. They submarine. If they're involved in a frontal crash, meaning they slip underneath the lap belt. Yeah. So they sustain more severe lower extremity injuries and they're injured twice as much as those who aren't. And as far as growing older, it causes the shape of the chest to change, which causes 15 times more chest injuries in older patients. Those and and the rigidity of the bones changes too. Right. So as right. we, as, 
our average person is getting older in this in this country. We have more and more people who are living longer and longer. We need to make sure that if they get in a car crash in a safe car, that the actual safety standards apply. You know, th- those lap belts and those airbags are great at saving lives. I am not not knocking them at all, but they are very hard in a car crash. Uh-huh. And the damage that they can do is significant. And we do it for kids. We have special seats for kids because we know that their bodies are different. Well, now we have heavier people and older people in our country, and we need to deal appropriately with that as far as our safety standards are concerned. So now is another excuse to lose weight, by the way. I I think this is a, uh, you know, every now and then we like to take a field trip, but I think this is a field trip for us to go to the crash dummy engineering place. (laughs) That was, I'm sure, is a more... I mean, I would, I would actually love to go and watch them do the crash test. What is it? The N, the NTSB? No, that's the it's for airplanes. Yeah, they do that. No, yeah, no, yeah, National Transportation Safety Board. No, okay. with something, it's something with transportation in it. Safety. I think you're right. I yeah, think it's the, National NTSB. Transportation. So yeah. that's I mean, are those are the people that do the. the yeah, there's a couple. Is, there's a couple of different organizations that do it, and they they just they run stuff into into walls. Yeah, uh, I would. I would love. I would love to watch that. Yeah. I would actually do. We should do the podcast remotely. Can we make that happen? Where we get to do the sure. show and the oh, podcast? Of course, we can do. The- we can make anything. And we could also probably. I could. I could also be. What if I was the model for the older person, the older dummy? I, that, that, that's so just, you, just too many jokes. That's the thing. Like, here's the here's the problem. Look at you. I I would imagine there is no car that is safe for you. You are six six. Yeah. You're a giant human yeah. being. No submarining. There is. Well, you won't submarine, but you might. You know, you're, you're a large projectile. The, the, <laughs> Thanks a lot. We are not prepared for a missile of your size going through a car. <laughs> that's just fact. <laughs> All right, moving on. We want to thank Andrea Fowler for liking our Facebook page, facebook.com slash John Tesh. And she writes, hey, boys, I was listening to the show, but I had to get out of the car before I heard the answer. What was the study about adults sleeping with stuffed animals? Now, if I could just stop the story here, <laughs> you'd wonder what the heck is going on. Right. So uh, a study found, thanks for the, for the Facebook post, Andrea, a study found that nearly one in four adults still have a stuffed animal from their childhood. And researchers say there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Are, are, do you have one? Uh, not at my house. I have one at, at your house. Um, but I, I have plenty of stuffed animals in my house. They're just not mine. They're my kids. Okay. Adults with stuffed animals are just as mature and psychologically sound as their non-teddy cuddling peers. Yeah. So why do so many of us hold on to our childhood stuffed animals? Uh, clinical psychologist, Dr. Romney Dervosla says having a teddy bear is a coping strategy for a lot of adults. And it's a lot healthier than trying to soothe your anxiety with something like alcohol. Yes, it's a lot healthier than that, for sure. <laughs> of course, I'm that just is. reading the quotes here. But he, so I, it, it's absolutely true. It, it definitely soothes anxiety. So my my kids give me little things I have to take with me when I go on on work trips, little toys uh, mm-hmm. that they want me that they want me to take pictures with them while I'm traveling. So it's a Minnie Mouse bow. It's a stuffed animal, and I'll be honest with you, I take it because I want to. You know, I want it's my way of connecting with them while I'm gone. But when I miss them, I actually snuggle it and, and take it into bed with me. Make fun of me all you want. I miss my kids when I travel, and the little things that they give me make me feel better. Dr. Devosilis says a stuffed animal can comforts us in a positive way by providing a connection to the past, sometimes. Cuddling it triggers positive emotional memories, bringing us back to our less stressful childhood. Um, so I think that this is, uh, I think it's probably really good for you. We should get you a teddy bear to take with you. But a lot, a lot of adults travel with teddy bears. Sure, sure. And they travel with their childhood teddy bears. I'm saying I get it. I'm not looking to travel with an additional teddy bear. I like, you know, so please do not get me one. But I do like traveling with my kids stuff. And it, I definitely get the way, the comfort, even though it's completely inanimate, even though they have no idea that I'm snuggling it, it makes a difference for me. 
you know, I'm sure you folks at home have a have a teddy bear or a, or or a uh, some sort of an animal, cuddly animal at home that you're not using. <laughs> Cue the husband joke. We'd we'd love for you to send it to us. My okay. way, <laughs> please <laughs> just uh, go on Facebook.com and we'll we'll put the address there, and you can uh, and you can send us your your teddy bear and then and we'll have a picture of Gib. He'll take it with him on the road when we're oh. in concerts. I, I'll take I'll take one picture with each one, but that's I'm not. But taking how it great me. is it that they they studied this? This is really awesome. That it's uh, I used to have a thing called a night night, and uh, it was like a, it was a it was a like a nylon pillow, pillow with a night. It was a, it was tiny, but, uh-huh. but I, until I was about twelve, and then my my uncle uh, Uncle Bo Uncle Charlie threw it in the fire in front of me. So you're, you're, you're too is, old for this. Yeah, yeah you, you outgrew. He it. called me some names that you wouldn't do be you, able to say on TV. Do you then. miss? Do you miss your night night? Still at this point in your life? I yeah, I mean I have a wife now, so that's cool. I can I can cuddle her. Instead. So she's your night night? She okay. <laughs> Let's just hope Uncle Bo doesn't put her in the fire. That's all I'm saying. Intelligence for your life. All right, let's uh let's segue into some um uh intelligence for your relationship. Uh and this is really fascinating to me. The question is, what is your date judging you on? And of course we know it's whether or not your fingernails are clean. Uh, if you treat the restaurant server with respect, that's a big one, right? Really important. Yeah. Uh, or like if you're so if you're rude to the uh, server or you're rude to the valet Parker, uh, the uh, person you're with is going to think, especially ladies, they're going to think that that's the way you're going to treat them in two or three months, and they're probably right. Right. Yeah. Be polite yeah. because the way, however you treat people, that's it, it's not like you can treat one person one way and another a, a different way. How you treat the least of the people around you, the people that are there to help you, is how you are going to, is, 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 is the best test of your character. So always be treating people around you because they're human beings as well as you possibly can and if, if you are a good person. If you're not a good person, keep doing what you're doing and just know that you're going to be lonely and uh, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to die alone. <laughs> like like the Grinch, like the Grinch. Welcome back to the Feel Good Podcast. Well, if you're a mean uh, person, you know, go okay. ahead, live on top of the Cragley Mountain. Okay, Grinch. so that's the walk up, but here's the big headline, right? For for this dating piece, dates are apparently being judged on their cell phones. So if you have an ancient Android or an iPhone from 2012 with a cracked screen, yeah. According to the, we've had this study many times before. According to the Singles in America survey, people who have old phones are 56 percent less likely to get a second date. If you have a fairly new phone but the screen is cracked, millennials say they don't mind so much. But if you're a Gen X or a boomer, the dating experts say you should get that fixed. It's a big turnoff to people in those demographics. And a study found that women were found to be 86% more likely than men to judge somebody negatively for having a cracked phone screen. That seems silly to me. Do you want to know why? Because if a woman is dating a guy with an old phone, she knows that the latest dating apps are not compatible with his phone. So he's oh, not going to be good. going on other dates. That's good. Use that as a reason. But they to also like... they also would know that he was frugal. You know, yeah. Uh, the, the frugal totally. the frugal meister Dave Ramsey would love would love would this. love the old phone. The, the reality though too, it, it, the phones are like the new the new sports cars, right? So when people are living in city centers and they're walking around, so if you don't have a car payment, you might as well have a nice phone. That's the thinking. <laughs> no Tesla, just got a good phone. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I I can't afford a Porsche, but I do have the latest. You know. Samsung, iPhone, Apple doohickey. So there you go. <laughs> so another result of this Singles uh, in America survey, uh, iPhone users are more picky about your choice of phone than Android yeah, users. So absolutely. I- iPhone users prefer to date other iPhone users. Man. Well, there's special messaging apps that work only with the iPhones. It's cool things you can do. You want to date somebody and you can't send them like reaction stuff? Yeah. You can't, you yeah. can't do that with the... There's nothing I like less then if I am in a group chat or if I, you know, and, and somebody has, makes the green bubble pop up. 
The green bubble is when you're talking from an iPhone yeah. to somebody who doesn't have an iPhone. Right. Yeah, loser. I'm a blue bubble guy. Right. Give me the blue bubble. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to date you. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, the number one thing that this Singles in America survey found that, uh, that you could do with your phone is, is never, don't even take it out at all on a date. 33% of singles surveyed said it impresses them if the person across from them never, ever takes their phone out. Do that, because then you actually talk to your date and find out if you actually want a second date. All of this rigmarole about how to get a second date, if you spend your whole time looking at your old phone, you don't even know if you want a second date with the person. Keep your phone in your pocket or your bag. I love this. Intelligence for your life. Today's Intelligence for Your Life podcast is brought to you by U.S. Doctors Clinic. And just in time, this is, uh, is amazing because I just spent two days uh, putting that black tar stuff on top of the uh, the roof because our roof is, has been been leaking and and I, I for once in my life I'm starting to get these this joint pain stuff and I you know sometimes after after I play like a two-hour concert I'll feel that a little bit in my right hand but now uh, and all of a sudden this 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 ad comes up uh, this sponsorship where you, it's it's for joint discomfort so I, I, I need to just like mainline this stuff. You, you, you do you have to take care <laughs> of your joints. My father-in-law is about to undergo a complete uh, knee replacement thing because he did not take care of his joints, which is why we're, I'm excited. I want to show him Arthro 7, which is it's, it's actually clinically proven to relieve joint pain. It's got all the stuff that you read about. It's got the, the collagen, the vitamin C, the MSM, the CMO, bromelain. Bromelain, which I believe comes from pineapples. It does, yeah. It's, it's an, uh, an anti—what um, do you call it? Inflammatory. Uh, inflammatory. Thank you very much. Yeah, natural, natural. And then turmeric. Which we is love. also in there, which we love. And yeah. lipase. I don't right. actually know about lipase, but I'm sure it's good for you. Yeah, all to support overall bone and, and, and joint health. And, and uh, so Doctors Clinic has done, U.S. Doctors Clinic has done a great job putting together this, uh, this formula. But we want you to try it. You can get 15% off right now if you go to arthro7.com slash podcast and you enter the code TESH at checkout, you get 15% off. That's A-R-T-H-R-O and then the number 7. Dot com arthro7.com slash podcast and the coupon code is tesh you get 15 percent off on your journey to healthier joints intelligence for your life so gibb you know that i love to uh to work out at home i hate fighting the traffic you like going to the gym i do um, and gym is awesome but there are just times when i love working out at home and and uh, it can it can get uh, boring i've run into a real problem lately my gym is a little too crowded with, with some of the New Year people, and I have actually not been able to get a machine, and I want some, some things I can do at home. I had to go home in the middle of a workout because I couldn't get on a bench. I've had to, I've had to not get on a treadmill because they were, they, were, they, were, they were full, and so then what am I going to do? Okay. And, and so many times cardio can be really boring. So this amazing company, Matrix Fitness, they, they have this incredible console technology that lets you run and bike or walk through destinations like the Northern Rockies with HD footage right on the console there in front of you and sync to the have speed and intensity that? of your Have workout. you done that thing? I haven't done it yet. I was watching the videos. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I've got four or five machines at home, and, but nothing like this. Well, I love to run outside. I mean, I absolutely love to run outside, but there are times when I literally cannot. Like, it's impossible because of the weather or what have you. And these, these things are amazing. It's like you're running on, on these most amazing destination runs. And the, the, it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's like you're actually there. It's, it's perfection. So you can also catch up on your favorite TV shows with the built-in Netflix and Hulu apps. And Matrix Fitness believes that you shouldn't have to sacrifice to get that health club quality workout at home. And the, and this, and the, the machines that they have that they've put together with the technology, it really makes work, working out a whole lot of fun. And right now, you can save, give up to $400 on treadmills, bikes, or ellipticals 
from Matrix Fitness. That's amazing. Plus, and I love the ellipticals because it's so easy on the back. It, it, it's it's so good for your joints, for your back. It's incredible. And look, if you can watch Netflix, if I could watch Stranger Things while I'm on the treadmill, <laughs> I would I would be two hours into a workout and you know two episodes in, I wouldn't even want to stop working out because I'm so addicted to my Netflix shows and it's built right into the treadmill. I can watch my Netflix right on the I treadmill. Love it. Just go to johnsonfit.com slash matrix. That's johnsonfit.com slash matrix you should share this on facebook the john tesh radio show so Gabe, remember a couple of years ago on the tv show we were uh, talking about how taxidermy is making a comeback yes <laughs> especially with uh you gen xers and millennials in fact experts say taxidermy hasn't been this popular quote unquote since the victorian era yeah, well, I mean, that was back when that was it's that was taxidermy's heyday. That's when your your local taxidermist was the coolest guy in town. Isn't this he the had best? his pick of all the ladies. Uh, isn't this the best podcast ever? Now, taxidermy is being taught in high school. So, for example, at Crosswell Lexington High School in Michigan, the class is such a hit that they've had to turn students away. Of course, each student in class needs to bring in his or her own animal that they quote either hunted or found dead. Good. I'm, I mean, but first of all, can we just say how glad I am that the, the people of Michigan are not having to pay for these kids to learn taxidermy, to, for, to buy animals to taxiderm? Is that a verb? It is now. I think it is. You, yeah. can, you can also include roadkill, they say. Yeah. That's great. Well, think about this. If you were in high school right now and they said, look, you got to take trigonometry or, <laughs> or you, can, you can have a, a little pet rat for the rest of your life that's you know, surfing. Right, because oh you could do that. You could take like a dead possum from the road and make it a surfing possum, and you'd be the coolest guy in your dorm room a the plus. next year. Yeah, a plus, a plus. So that's amazing. And and taxidermy is basically just filling animals with sand, right? You take you take certain parts that won't deteriorate, and you put artificial parts around it, and then you shape the animal. And so we, if you go to like the Museum of Natural History, right, right, and you see those giant animals from the plains, right, those animals are taxidermed. Again, oh, I'm making okay. this a verb. That's just a very official way of doing it. But again, you could take a dead possum from the side of the road, make it a surfing possum. If you're really into lacrosse, you could get like a little baby, you could take a dead field mouse and put like a little baby lacrosse stick in the field mouse's thing and like there's a little trophy you can make for yourself. You can do that if you know how to taxiderm. In the Victorian era, it was a sign of affluence. If you want to open a really quaint B&B and scare your customers, you could have like angry animals taxidermed in like hanging over the tops of the beds. Where's that place we go in Missouri? Big Cedar Lodge. Big Cedar Lodge. There's nothing quite like waking up to a taxidermed mountain lion screaming in your face yeah, in the middle of the night. exactly what that is. And by the way, just a, just a footnote here, it's not just an elective at the school. The taxidermy course falls, quote, well within Michigan's next generation science standards. Well, why wouldn't it? So why why, I'm why wouldn't thinking, it? Yeah. Well, if I, I could either dissect a fetal pig in my regular biology class, or I could take a roadkill pig and turn it into, you know, something that I can decorate my dorm room with. This is going to increase admissions dramatically. I, I just, to, I, to Michigan high schools, oh, everybody's going to move there. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Uh, by the way, let's, let's talk for a moment, uh, now that we've uh, filled animals with sand, it's time to talk about adding years to your life so you can do this, uh, you know, forever. I'm going to taxiderm you, by the way, speaking of adding years to your life. Yeah. That's a lot of sand. Yeah, it's a that's, lot of sand, but you're going to be it's going to be weird when people come over. That's a lot of sand. Okay, so if you want to add if you want to live to be 100 and beyond, uh, there's a recommendation from Stanford University School of Medicine and you know we're plugged into all of, of these institutions. They just say um, start baking. So their okay. their studies have proven that baking can not, not not like not cooking. We're talking about baking. So baking can boost your brain power. Closely following a recipe strengthens your procedural memory. 
and a brain area that retains complex skills like riding a bicycle. Yep. And altering a familiar recipe by adding your own twist. Well, it's, it's a lot harder to add your own twist to baking. because we, <laughs> So when you're cooking, if I'm like making sauce in a pan or I'm cooking something in a pan, I can add flavors as I go and change it. And I, I, I kind of know what that's going to do. With baking, you do all of this stuff ahead of time. You throw it in the oven. You go, well, I hope that worked. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. So Stanford found that baking can reduce stress, which improves the immune system. And then according to the journal Chemical Senses, kneading dough, like squeezing mm-hmm. the dough, it's the equivalent to uh, squeezing a stress ball. And oh, allows, yeah. allows the muscles in your arms to relax. And then the second way baking cookies, especially, it relaxes you is the scent. So the oh. smell of vanilla alters our brainwave patterns, triggering alpha brainwaves. My kids wanted cinnamon rolls over the weekend. And so my wife decided to make cinnamon rolls. So um, my whole house smelled like freshly baked cinnamon rolls for the whole weekend. And so what I proceeded to do was eat all of the cinnamon rolls that they had not eaten. And I felt like absolute dirt and garbage by the time I left the house. Wow, that's amazing. I I just just love that Stanford has has studied baking and we now know it can add years to our life. I got to recommend something though. Go ahead. If you're going to do all this baking, baking, the baking itself is great for you. Do not eat all of your... uh, all of your products that you have Creations, baked, yeah. because that will not add years to your life. That will just add inches to your waistline. Yeah, but you know, I, I've I've seen studies on this before, where uh, the smell of vanilla and the smell of the baked baked goods it actually tamps down your your appetite. So you don't eat as much as if you opened up a thing of a thing of Twinkies or or Hostess Ho Hos. So I totally believe that that may be the science behind it. <laughs> but if I smell cinnamon rolls, you better believe I'm going I'm going diving into the fridge. I'm trying to eat some cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Well, the one thing that's going to happen to you if you eat, uh, watch this transition here, if you if you eat your baked goods late at night, is that you might end up having uh, uh, more dreams. And so we're going to talk nice about for, for a moment about psychologist Dr. Ian Wallace. All Dr. Uh, Wallace does is, ta- is study dreams. So he says, of course, our dreams say a lot about what's going on in our lives. Here are some common recurring dream translations. Again, you can use this uh, as uh, as parlor conversation, if you have a parlor at your house, from Dr. Ian Wallace. First, Gib, if you've ever had a dream in which your teeth are crumbling and falling out, I've had that dream. Gross. Dr. Wallace says teeth are symbols of power and confidence because we show them when we smile, snarl, and bite. And dreaming about crumbling teeth means your self-confidence has been shaken. It makes a lot of sense. It absolutely does. It reminds me of the... Uh for me, it was naked in the in the uh, in the calculus class. I would show up to school naked. That was my always my lack of confidence dream. Well, there's one that's close to that one. So showing up to class and there's an exam you never studied for. Oh, Dr. I still have that dream, by the way. Yeah, I still I have too. that dream. Doctor Wallace says perfectionists and Type A personalities tend to have this dream: showing up and there's an exam you never studied for because they live in fear of messing things up, no matter how much they try to control the situation, prepare for it. Um, and well, so, so here's the thing. I have that dream, but I also literally did that. I did go to class for <laughs> did not prepare for exams. Yeah. Okay. So it's more of like a memory, I guess, than a dream. Yeah. I if this is and this is this is really sort of cheap and demeaning, self demeaning. But uh, I used to have it because I I did the news for so many years, and I used to have uh, the 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 uh, dream that um, the nightmare that the teleprompter would break, and you'd have right. to improvise. Well, it's tough to it's it's when you're doing a long story, right? Like in a documentary or on or on the news, it's tough to like be you know beyond the prompter. And then all of a sudden, you start improvising. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you're, like, you're already. It's like what happened to him? You have a seventy-two stroke? people died in a horrible car 
And you, know, and you know cars are really a bad place to be when you're, you can't start doing that stuff. Where, where do I take this story? We were talking about the United Nations. Not the weather. Yeah. Boutros Boutros Gali, who incidentally has the greatest name of any Secretary General of the UN in history. Uh, what would you do if your name was Boutros? Uh, news at 11. Another common dream, one more from, uh, from, from Dr. Wallace, is uh, you can't find a toilet. This is a big dream. Yeah, that's, Dr. That's, Wallace, a, that's a life reality, by <laughs> the way. Dr. Wallace says in dreams, bathrooms represent a fundamental need. So in your real life, there may be something standing in your way or blocking you from what you really want. So, for example, if you dream that you can't get to the bathroom at work, you probably feel that you're not getting ahead in your career. This is deep. That is really deep. I, yeah. I want to learn more about this. I want to read this guy. Does this guy have a book? I want to. I, or I, Dr. Maybe, Ian Wallace, we'll look it up. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I, like what that. I want to do is I want to hang out with this guy. Let's get him on the podcast. He's, he's the dream then, doctor, yep. and I'll get him to analyze my dreams. Okay, and so if you want to, if you want to fix yourself, give if you're still having the dream of being naked and showing up for a test, the way to stop having your dreams is to offload your worries into a journal before bed. So if there's something, oh, yeah. you keep having the same dream. Write write down in your journal all the reasons you're worried about this, and then your mind won't be working it out in the middle of the night. Journaling is so good for so many things. Mm-hmm. But then I won't get to I won't get to have the crazy you know showing up to school naked dream and that's that's kind of the highlight of my day. It could be all the hot sauce you're eating, by the way. This is probably a good time to talk about hot sauces and weddings. Have you noticed, Gib, that everything you go to a lot of weddings, right? Because you're at that I do. age. At I that do. Age, a lot of uh, things about weddings. A lot of weddings, a lot of baby showers, and a lot of brisses. Okay, so the weddings are cha- brisses. You go to brisses? Yeah. You go to a bris. Get invited to a bris? Yeah, you got you uh, got to go. That's look, the, I don't want to. I'm go not to a bris. talking about that. You, gotta look, you guys can look that up. I mean, it's natural, but you look it up. So anyway, couples are spending more on ceremonies in exotic or non-religious venues. So farmhouses, arcades, and bowling alleys. Have you ever been to one of these? I weddings? haven't been to a bowling alley. I've been to a lot of farmhouse weddings. Yeah, I went to one. Yeah, a lot of farmhouse yeah. weddings. Right. I, uh, and and the, the they're they're a lot of fun. They're great. I have kids. And the kids get muddy in their nicest clothes. So that's my only issue with the farmhouse wedding is that it's, you know, it's out there and my kids get dirty. But a, a good country club, everybody stays clean and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but they're also, you have to make sure they don't, they don't, they don't drink the, uh, the dregs of the, uh, of, of the mixed drinks. Are you making that have a Caddyshack the- reference? <laughs> All right. And, uh, but here's the other thing is that there's another trend in weddings now. and We love spotting wedding trends because they're getting so creepy. Uh, people are not giving out Jordan almonds anymore. The hottest wedding favor is hot sauce. Oh. It, this is like every wedding that Gib would ever want to go to. I need new friends because I have not seen this. Yeah. So and I ac- love hot sauce. According to the website, The Knot, hot sauce sales are through the roof, <laughs> up over 150% since the year 2000. Giving personalized bottles of sauce as party favors is rising along with hot sauce sales. You can put a custom label on there too. So but, oh. it'd, it'd be, you know, Gib and Janae's. Uh, hot sauce. Yeah. Uh, oh, welcome yeah, yeah. to the wedding. Bob yeah. and Bob and Kelly's brand new, uh, you know, super spicy life together. Yeah. You know, and with a picture of them on it. And so every time you're seasoning your food, you think of Bob and Kelly. <laughs> hey, listen, we're coming up on the on uh, Connie's and my 25th anniversary. We could do a hot sauce wedding. Do a private label hot sauce. Do oh a private gosh, label hot sauce. Great idea. I will take all of the surplus that your friends don't want. <laughs> I would. I love hot sauce. I would love to have just be able to go to my garage and get another bottle. I will help you taste test the hot sauce. We will go to hot sauce refineries and pick the perfect hot sauce to represent your love and my palate. Again, that was really nicely done. That's like a, we need a hot sauce sponsor right away. <laughs> if we're just going to plug that right in there, you have to ever, ever have to just do this. Make spot. our own. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you've been to a farmhouse or an arcade, especially a bowling alley wedding, please send us a picture of that. If you guys are bowlers. Go have your wedding in a bowling alley. There's nothing that says you don't have to have it at the local Lutheran church. Have it at the bowling alley. <laughs>
Intelligence for your life. Kim, I know you'll love this piece because you're always talking about this. So this is from psychologist Susan Albers. And she says she's always talking about how many food-related decisions we make every day. She says it's not 25, it's not 75. We make, on average, 250 food-based decisions every day. Why is that uh, important? Well, she believes all of those food decisions are wiping us out because we only have a limited amount of willpower each day. When we use up all that willpower just on what we're going to eat, it's virtually impossible to resist the fries and go with the quinoa. So she says the solution she's tested to great success is getting people to remove some of their decisions about food. Look, I know this is true because I fast. And when I fast, I realize how much of my brain power I was wasting on food because I don't have to think about it for the day because I just don't eat. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when that happens, I am able to, I, I'm amazed by how much of my mental energy is freed up and how, how goal-oriented and accomplished I've become on that day. So I am 100% with that. And then Einstein... Uh, uh, Steve Jobs, these guys, they wore the same thing every day. So they just, any, anything you can do to take out a level of daily decision-making that you have to do and just say, hey, look, I wear black turtlenecks. Right. Nobody else I work with can wear black yeah. turtlenecks. Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and that's my thing. And then you don't have to think about it ever, ever, ever again. I eat grilled salmon for lunch every day with broccoli. I don't have to snack. That is my food. That's it. You know, Matt Lauer does the same thing. He eats the same. He eats the same food uh, every day for for lunch, apparently. And I, you know, I, we talked about this on the radio show before, but I uh, became a fan of the of the of the, the theater piece uh, Hamilton, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who played Aaron Burr. We were just having a conversation. I said, "How how do you how are you recording your album and doing a three hour theater piece? You know, eight eight to eight performances a week." And he said, "One of his one of his uh, his his key moves." Was to have his food delivered for all three meals. He doesn't have yeah. to think about anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know the the really fit people, the people that you look. If you go to the gym and the guy that you're like, dang, how does he have abs like that? Yeah. Every Sunday, that guy or that girl is making all of their meals for the week and putting them into little so containers, smart. and they just grab them and go, so and they don't smart. have to think about it, and they're all balanced food. It's that's the yeah, yeah. best thing you can do. I remember years ago when I was on Entertainment Tonight, I did an interview with Michael Crichton, you know, who wrote uh, Jurassic Park and Westworld, among many other great books and Sphere, TV shows. Yeah, all that Andromeda stuff. Strain. And he told me, you know, because I said, you have a ritual. He said, I, I absolutely have a ritual. He said, for every day when I'm, when I'm writing a book, he, he rents, a, he rents a, a small house, right, outside of his house, right, rents a small house in Santa Monica, and then every day, you know, his wife makes him um, a tuna fish sandwich with, uh, with, with, with chips. He has tomatoes and mayonnaise on it. And, and with now a, I'm hungry. With, with, a, with a Perrier, right? He, he eats the same thing for like 90 days in a row until he's finished with that, you know, with that book. It just takes the choice out of my head. Yeah. And part of the joy of actually finishing the book is he can actually eat something else. Right, right. Yeah. Oh my god! I gotta finish this book. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to have another tuna fish yeah. sandwich, of course. The way I process this stuff is that you know, if if I get somebody to make my food for me, I'm going to be a theater a, a star of uh, a star of Broadway, uh, and I'm also going to write Jurassic Park. But it doesn't really. It's, it could be that. It could that could be the thing that you do next. Yeah, that's right. Good for you. Intelligence for your life. So I'm not going to tell you that Gib and I have run out of things to talk about. We got plenty more th- uh, more pieces of intelligence, but we also don't we want this, this to be next a, week. We don't want to be a uh, I want it to be a six hour our podcast. We hope you're enjoying the podcast, and the only way for us to know is for you to go uh, online and give us a review. Of course, a five star review. Yes. Uh, now you can do a review. You can do you can subscribe at iTunes, and you can do a review there. You can, can you also do that at Stitcher? You can subscribe at Stitcher. You can rate and review on iTunes, which is what we really want you to do. If you like the show, give us right. give us the five star review. And then if you if there's something you don't like, find me on Twitter and tell me what you don't like, and I'll right. fix it. Right. How so about it, that? So it's at Gib Gerard, and, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm at John Tesh. And also, uh, we both hang out on that uh, that Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash John Tesh.
And don't forget, today's podcast was sponsored by U.S. Doctors Clinic, where you can get the clinically proven support you trust today without ever stepping foot inside a doctor's office, thanks to U.S. Doctors Clinical. So visit arthro7.com slash podcast, and you can get that amazing Arthro7 joint formula we talked about. Once again, it's A-R-T-H-R-O-7, the number 7, dot com slash podcast, and enter code TESH. You get 15% off on the Arthro7. Arthro7.com slash podcast, enter code TESH, 15% off. Feel better joints for yourself. My joints are feeling better already. We'll see you next time.